Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Wildwood Podcast. Wildwood is an agency in the capital region of New York State that provides supports for people of all ages with autism and other developmental disabilities. We support over 3,000 people and families. Our mission is to strengthen the well-being of the people and their families through innovative supports. Our organization values are respect, integrity, creativity, and holism. We strive to infuse them in all that we do. We here at the Behavior and Therapeutic Supports team welcome you to your Wednesday Beats, your weekly source of behavior and therapeutic support strategies, where we talk everything from supporting positive behaviors to caregiver self-care. We hope that today's show provides you with the tools to help navigate the rest of your week. Brought to you by Wildwood Programs. Hi, and welcome to your Wednesday Beats. I am Brittany DeBell, coming to you with my co-host today, Alex Kiefer. Say hi, Alex. (laughs) Hi, everyone, and (laughs) congratulations on your new last name. Thank you. So just so it kind of eases some confusion here, um, last week we've been on a break for a little while recording the podcast because there's been a lot of life-changing events, I guess you could say, happening, and one of them being uh, my wedding. So I am no longer Brittany Gallopo. I am Brittany DeBell. Um, so that's me introducing myself. <laughs> so thank you, Alex, for, for that. And, uh, but today we don't have Kaylin or Ingrid with us. They're both doing their own things right now. And it's just, yeah, it's just us today, Alex. What do you think? I think we're going to be a pretty solid duo. And I think you guys are stuck with us for the next 15 to 20 minutes. (laughs) Yep. Stuck like glue. So today we actually, speaking of glue, right? So last time we talked about tools and we talked about notebooks and planners and timers and the physical things that you can use in your daily lives to, you know, achieve goals, um, just make the day much like go more smoothly like my words right now that are not really working. (laughs) But today we wanted to talk about strategies. And so strategies is kind of like the instructions on how to use the tools. So Alex, do you want to, you know, maybe talk a little better or a little more about the strategies? (laughs) Well, again, I can see your your words are failing you today. It's the new last name is taken away those uh, mental faculties of yours. I get it. Uh, still, still adjusting, still processing. <laughs> but yeah, like, like Brittany said, the the tools that we were talking about last week are those physical things that can help you achieve goals, organize your life, or help just set yourself up for success. Those are tools, things you can really physically touch. Strategies, again, like Brittany said, they're things in your head. They're ways that you approach problems, think about things, and you can consider them the blueprints or the instructions for the tools because it helps you to use them better. You know, for instance, a calendar is a great tool, but if you're writing every little thing that ever happened to you in your calendar, it's going to be a chaotic mess. Mm -hmm. So it actually brings us to one of the great strategies that you can start with, which is determining what's important. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now. There are a lot of thoughts that can be popping into your head or even responsibilities. 
you know, managing what you have at home versus at work versus in between, you know, when you're in many different roles. So parsing through that in your head and determining what's important out of all those roles is a really great strategy that can help you to organize yourself and better tackle some things going on in your life. Yeah, I think um, the word here is um, discernment, right? Being able to decide. So a lot of people find themselves in indecision and overwhelmed when there's too many options. And so what what I feel like you're talking about, Alex, is the strategy of being able to pare things down so that you're able to make the best decision. And so what are some ways that you're able to actually, not to throw you under the bus, but Alex is also in the middle of planning a wedding. So I feel like we could probably use some real life uh, examples, but also with the work we do, with the people that we support, a lot of decisions is not a good thing. And being able to make those decisions can oftentimes be rough as well. So I'm sure this goes for everybody out there, but how do you pare down the options or the thoughts? Well, to start with, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, work and the wedding. There are a lot of strategies I use both in my job and personal life. Um, But one of the things that I always try and stick to is when you're making decisions, when at all possible, keep it to two choices. When you start having more choices, then you start spiraling, you can get overwhelmed, and it's very easy to spin out of control. That's doubly true for a lot of the people we support. You know, just today I was working with someone who had a visual schedule, was very clearly outlining what they were supposed to expect for the day. But that visual schedule had 11 different spaces. And that's about, you know, nine spaces too many. They got stressed and overwhelmed, and it led to a pretty large issue. But then the rest of the day, we used a first-then board. provided two options, just two items for someone to parse. That's a lot easier to make sense of. So to start, I would say try and do that. Keep it down to two options when you can. Yeah, definitely. Even if you have to, I think that's the point of a a pros and cons list Mm -hmm. is being able to divide it into two sections instead of having everything be jumbled in one. Um, I also highly recommend writing things down when you're trying to make decisions. But again, that's more of the tool. The strategy piece, and this is the difference, the strategy piece is knowing that you can only handle two options. The strategy piece is only giving and providing two options to the person that you are supporting. That way, it's uh, first this, then this, or this, or that. It's, yeah. it's way less complicated. And a big or that you can do is, is this a big problem or is it a little problem? Mm-hmm. That's one of the easiest strategies we can use to help determine is this something important for us? Yeah. Is it big or is it little? Do I need to worry about it now or can I worry about it later? Mm-hmm. You can make that decision. That can help you to narrow down what you need to focus on right now. Mm-hmm. It can help you be more organized. It can help you to feel less overwhelmed, which I'm pretty sure all of us are feeling at least some degree of overwhelmed right now. Yes, I know I've spoken with a lot of people that talk about how they have their list, right? So it's like, Brittany, I'm using the tools, but then this thing comes out of nowhere and it feels urgent, but it's not always urgent. It just came at you in a time when you're already working. So you're like, oh crap, this is here now too. It's not on the list, so I need to just get it done. And it feels urgent. 
So when that type of stuff comes into play, that's when I'm losing my train of thought. I'm so sorry. I just heard something <laughs> far off in the distance and I was like, what was that? But I think that was on my end. There are some doors closing around here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause I'm like, crap, I had a, I had my thoughts together and then they're gone. If I can pick it up, I was hearing sure. where your thought was going. It's when you have this idea, this list of things that you want to do. Yeah. And then something comes from out of nowhere. I think we've talked on the show before about how yeah. there's a fight or flight mentality in your brain. And a lot of times when you're working, you're in that agitated fight or flight state. So when something comes in, it's fight. I have to handle this right now. I need to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that can then throw off your day. Mm-hmm. It can throw off your plans and it can make you, oddly enough, it's counterintuitive. It makes you feel more stressed by getting something done. Yeah. Because that's on my list. It took up my time. Everything's thrown off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that is, so it can be, but bringing it back to the big deal or little deal is right. when those things come in, that's mm-hmm. the great time to ask yourself, Am I dealing with something that is really, if it doesn't get done today, is going to cause a problem for myself or others? Or is it a little deal that can really be put on the list for tomorrow? It just feels urgent right now. And so with that, a lot of these strategies, like Alex said, they're they're like a thought checklist mm-hmm. that you kind of go through. Um, in your mind, you know, stopping before just reacting, but being able to respond, um, stop, breathe, think about it. Those are some of the steps and just like how you're talking to yourself internally. So that self-talk is a big deal when you're talking about strategies. Right. And I know you rolled right into that, but that's a very clear, distinct, super useful strategy is stop and breathe. Right. I say it all the time. I try and use it at home and I get yelled at and told, I don't want to breathe. Um, I've heard that way too many times. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) That's why we need to do it for ourselves because it is good. This is good advice you are getting right here. Stop and breathe. But try to tell someone that and it doesn't always pan out well. (laughs) Very good side note. Unsolicited advice never goes over well. No. So that's neither a strategy nor a tool. That's just a piece of unsolicited advice to all of our listeners. No one likes (laughs) But stopping and breathing, what it does is it helps you to think about what you're doing in the moment. You know, we are in such a state where we're reacting all the time. We're doing things. We need to get things done. Everything's immediate. But if we stop and breathe, that gives us the time to think things through. It gives us the time to use the other strategies to process what we need to do in the situation. Yeah, exactly. It allows us the space to actually check in with ourselves. Like, for instance, when I'm working with someone that has a lot of anxiety, I have them ask themselves a lot of questions that bring them back to the present moment. And a lot of times that's using your senses. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I feeling? Where am I? You know, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, You know, where's my focus supposed to be? And that can really just bring you back. But you have to stop and breathe first. You can't just go right into those questions. So if you can just get yourself to stop before you respond, it'll do you a whole bunch of good because you'll actually, A, be able to feel more in control of the environment and the situation, and then also be able to access maybe those tools that help you out so much. 
and it's not just a, a rolling stop at a stop sign where you no kind California of rolls. No. You need to come full stop, slam on the brakes, you jam against the, the seatbelt. That's how much you need to stop. And it a. feels uh, uncomfortable, and that's how you know you're doing it right. I was just about to say, uh, a respected former colleague of both of ours used to always say, if you're comfortable, you're not doing it right. If it feels uncomfortable, if you feel like you're just going way too slow, that's how you know you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because what you're trying to get yourself to do, like I was saying, is you're trying to be able to respond in a way that feels good to you in a way that you're not putting your foot in your mouth or in a way that um, gives you the space to decrease the overwhelm from the situation. All of those things are really beneficial. And especially when you're working with people who have intellectual and de developmental disabilities, maybe they have behaviors, being able to stop to be able to respond to them instead of just reacting can be the difference in a good day and a bad day for not just you, but for the people that we're working with. Yeah. You want to keep in mind, we are all just little information processing machines. And some of us have a higher capacity to process information than others. So if you're talking too much at someone, it's going to overwhelm them and lead to an outburst, mm -hmm. lead to a tantrum or a behavior. Yeah. You know, and that's not just dependent on someone with a disability. That's anyone. If you talk too much, you overwhelm someone, that's the inevitable result. Mm -hmm. You know, just generally don't hit that threshold for most people. Mm -hmm. But when we're working with our children, our students, our family members, that threshold is much lower. Yes. And it's much easier to hit that. Mm -hmm. So that's why stopping is so important because it helps us to mm -hmm. give the person time to slow down too. Yeah. It models what that appropriate speed is mm -hmm. and it helps that threshold to be not hit. Yes, and this is super important because in today's day and age, burnout is super high, especially among the helping community because we have been in the front lines, right? You know, the nurses, the teachers doing the Zoom, the parents trying to figure things out with their students online, the DSP workers that are in the houses. Um, you know, you guys have continued pushing on strong. And so burnout can be really high. When you're feeling burnt out, your filters are less. And so yeah. then what comes from a good place, you want to help people. That's like in your nature. That's why you took on whatever role it is. But it's almost like it gets so, to be too much and so much. And a lot of times we can do ourselves some good by just giving ourselves that stop that not a pause it's not a pause it's no. a stop sometimes it's a period not a comma exactly isn't it it's not a semicolon because that's like a a weird like this is a sentence but it's not <laughs> sort of a thing <laughs> so <laughs> we're not <laughs> it's not a semicolon but so with that being said give yourself that stop. It's going to feel uncomfortable because it goes against everything that your brain is, you know, that fight or flight, it's going against that. So being able to stop yourself allows 
and I, I feel like this is a great segue into like some of the brain stuff that happens when you stop and breathe. But I know that that's probably for spiral go down that, that is a spiral. Yeah. So we won't go that far, but it <laughs> does have a lot of scientific evidence and research backed yeah. that breathing really does help you Getting to your brain. Yep. And just calm you right down, decrease all those negative things that are happening in the moment. Yeah. So we talked about so far, um, limiting the number of options you're providing yourself when making decisions. We talked about asking ourselves, is it a big deal or is it a little deal? Um, we talked about stopping and breathing and how important that is. What other strategies can we talk about? I think what asking yourselves, what can I focus on or what should I be focusing on is a big one because it brings you back to the moment, right? So like too many times while working from home, I found myself scrolling aimlessly on my phone and before I know it, a half hour has gone by. Not sure if I should be admitting that on this podcast, but <laughs> I think we all have had those moments where it's like, crap, a half hour has gone by. How do I, you know, and now you feel rushed. Now you feel like the day has gotten away from you or time has slipped away from you. And so with, when you're able to ask yourself specifically, what do I need to focus on right now? You're allowing yourself and you're literally just retraining your brain and putting it back on the path you need it to. This goes, I would call this strategy like self-talk. This is what I would um, honestly categorize it as, um, your self-talk isn't just, um, how you talk to yourself internally, but what questions are you actually asking? That's where it turns into a strategy. Absolutely. Self-talk is such an important strategy that we neglect a lot of time or we take for granted, Mm -hmm. you know, self-talk in the sense, like you're saying, asking yourself, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Mm -hmm. And right now does not mean this week. It does not mean today. It means in this hour, while I'm sitting at my desk, what do I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. I focus here. It can help hone your mind into a, a sharpened sword to tackle whatever problems that come up. But self-talk is more than that. It's not just asking, what can I do right now? It's reassuring yourself. You know, Reassuring yourself that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, That you are taking necessary precautions with regard to what's going on outside. You know, it's that type of reassurance can be self-talk. Now, one thing I want to point out is something that I've kind of seen a lot about is is called toxic positivity. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's the sense with self-talk. It's not saying you shouldn't be upset or, you know, you shouldn't be worried about that. This isn't that big of a problem. That can be toxic in the sense that it's not allowing yourself to feel negative emotions. It's mm-hmm. saying you need to be positive. You don't have any right to be upset. You have it so good. Things like that. Everyone has the right to be upset. Mm-hmm. And giving yourself time to just be down is okay. Negative emotions are not a bad thing. They're a fact of life. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that as a little aside there. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, with toxic positivity – you don't want to disassociate yourself from your life and just kind of use escapism as your as your coping mechanism, right? And so I think when you use self-talk as in more of a, what do I need to focus on? It brings you back to what it is that's going on in the present moment. So you're not bypassing anything. 
You're not, Absolutely. you know, you're not like, oh, I can't be upset because my life is great and there's so many other people that are out there worse than me. You know, you you still are human and you still have feelings. It's just good to have those strategies to get yourself out of the rut so you can continue moving forward. And it still allows you to deal with, heal with anything that's going on within you um, or outside of you. Absolutely, yeah. It's more about that thinking, that kind of bringing you back to the moment, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, one of my favorite ways of using self-talk, which I consider its own separate strategy that I'm going to talk about, is being solution-focused. Yeah. You know, uh, I have worked with a lot of people throughout my life that are problem-focused. And that's, they're not worrying about what can we do. They're saying, this is a problem, it's so bad, conversation ends there. It's easy to get stuck there, especially when things are bad. You know, when you're dealing with seven different schedules you're trying to balance or, you know, you're in a Walmart and your kid starts tearing things off the shelves. It's easy to say, this is a problem and this is terrible. The follow-up though is to focus on what's the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a problem, but there is always some level of solution. You know, yeah. one way to do that is just what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening right now? Use that self-talk and say... What does this person need? Mm-hmm. What can I do to address this? And I would focus at that specifically. What can I do? Because at the end of the day, you can only control your own actions. Yeah. You can control how you respond to something. So using that phrase, focusing on the solution can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. What can I do about this right now? Yes. Yep. Not later on when I get home, you know, like whatever it might be. What can I do about it right now? Because the thing, the fact of the matter is most problems are going to come to an end eventually. And if you focus on the problem, then they just last longer. So if you can bring yourself into a solution, goal oriented, problem solving oriented, um, solution focused, it all points to the future, but also what can I do about it right now? Yeah. Hand in hand with the idea of, Try not to worry too much about what other people do. You can only control your own actions. I think that's a separate strategy, reminding yourself that all you can control is what you do. Mm. I can only decide what I'm doing in this moment. Mm -hmm. I can't control someone else. I can't decide what everyone else is going to do or how they're going to react. Exactly. The only two things that we can control in life are our actions and our efforts. And there's notice how it's, there's nobody else. There's only one person involved in, in those things <laughs> and it's yourself. So it, you know, we really are, um, when we're reminded of that, it, it gives us the power back and we don't have to be the victim of our lives anymore. And so with that being said, that there's a lot of strategies out there. And I think we're also talking about like some mindset and like attitude adjustment type stuff. Um, but it, that's also important. You know, you don't want to go through life with a, a cloud hanging over your head all the time. Right. So. And I'll tell you, when looks. you to control other people, that's when you're going to start having friction in your life. When you start focusing on trying to shape someone else's actions you're going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. So stick focusing on yourself, worrying about what you're putting your effort into and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That help you to feel a little bit more at ease. Yes. What can I do? Absolutely. 
So just to kind of wrap up, because we talked about a lot of really wonderful, awesome strategies, we started off with paring things down, only giving yourself like two options. And then we talked about, you know, asking yourself, is this a big deal or a little deal? And being able to put off, you know, till tomorrow if you're overwhelmed with today. And then we talked about stopping and breathing. And Alex, I feel like I'm forgetting some, but the next one that I'm going to go with is the self-talk. No, I think that's where we jumped after that. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, am I missing any of these strategies? Because Brittany did not use her tool of writing them down. So, yeah, I know. Got to work on that. But And then, you know, just working on the positive outlook, but also allowing yourself to be human, too. So... I think those are all really important strategies. There's a lot that we have given you to work on, right, over these last two episodes. Or I would say to work with. We put a lot of strategies in your tool belt here. Yes, yes. I love that. Lots to work with, right? So, um, and as always, we thank you for listening and for hopping on with us this week. And hopefully we will be back in the next couple of weeks with Ingrid and Kaylin. Yes, hopefully the full team will be here. Yes, Avengers assemble. Okay. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great Wednesday.